This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. I'm Mac, live from the Sports Corner up here in Connecticut, and Jack Hirsch down in Florida right now. Of course, you all know Jack Hirsch is a is a uh, Hall of Fame boxing writer, former uh, president of the Boxing Writers Association of America. So I love having him on with me on all sports shows because he definitely uh, knows his sports. Jack, um, you just brought something up before the show. It's not a big deal, really. Um, but, you know, my governor, Governor Lamont, was down in Houston, and he's he's calling Houston. I think you said he said it was butt ugly. But ugly. <laughs> your governor, Mac, your governor in Connecticut, who you swear by, <laughs> Ned Lamont, he goes down for the final four to Houston where Connecticut's playing, which is a good thing. You know, he went to support the University of Connecticut in the final four, so he's walking around Houston. He's checking everything out. He's downtown Houston. And instead of saying it's a lovely city, and maybe not even commenting, he says it's but ugly. <laughs> it's but ugly downtown Houston. Wow. And how's that going to make the city of Houston feel? Their mayor, Sylvester Turner, the mayor of Houston, he's a fellow Democrat even. It wasn't even political. It wasn't Democrat and Republican, Republican on Democrat. These are two Democrats. He didn't appreciate it. Right. So he went back on the governor of Connecticut. I mean, how would you feel, Mac, if the if the governor of Texas came to your state, Connecticut, okay, and he started putting it down, any of the cities, saying, oh, this place is ugly. This place is a dump. Okay? <laughs> you know, no one provoked him. There was no need to make the remark. Yes. But listen, he felt that way. What could I say? It just reminded me of something. I got to tell you a little story. I don't know whether I ever said it on the show. Watching the WWE, believe it or not, before he became governor of Minnesota, Jesse the Body Ventura, he was on with Vince McMahon, who was the commentator. And Vince McMahon is saying all the cities the WWE is about to visit. And they mentioned Cleveland. And Jesse Ventura says, Cleveland, it's a miserable city. I right. hate going there, you know? And he's putting it down as a dump, this and that. And then Vince McMahon says, well, I think Cleveland's a lovely city. And Jesse Ventura comes back at him and insults Cleveland. And then Vince McMahon then says, in the following week, we're going to be in Las Vegas. And Jesse the Body Ventura says, that's my type of town. Right. That's what they're talking about. So I guess your governor... He wanted to. He wanted to game in another city. He was there on business, Mac, to see the University of Connecticut. What was he doing walking downtown Houston sightseeing? I mean, was he looking to shop? Don't it, does he have another place in Connecticut to get a shirt, a pair of pants, shoes? He I, had to I, be looking downtown Houston. What was he? What was he walking around downtown Houston? What area? What was he expecting to see? Doesn't he have people who set up his appointments for sightseeing if he's out of town and with, with, with his family, maybe 
to go somewhere. What did he do? Just wander into downtown Houston. The governor of Connecticut leaves the hotel. He hails a cab. Take me to downtown Houston. Does he have any idea where he's going? Does he have I, people advising him? Does I he have a security detail? I mean, this is how your state of Connecticut is one, Mac. Yes, it is. It, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, if you lived up here, you'd know that Connecticut is not one of the uh, best places to live either. So, uh, I, it, it, Connecticut's a good place. Good, Lots of good, places. Good, good for him. I mean, good for him making his feelings known because um, he normally doesn't. I met him one time uh, uh, at Zacco's restaurant at Lamont, and uh, he just loves to talk. The guy will talk your ear off if you let him. He was trying to make conversation about the Yankees and Red Sox. He's a Red Sox fan. Why are you a Red Sox fan? Uh, why aren't you a Red Sox fan? Uh, that kind of stuff. So I did meet him once, had a picture taken with him, and, and there you go. So that's my experience with Ned Lamont. So, Jack, in NBA news, uh, the Mavs, they had a protest, if you remember, uh, and it failed. They were not able to show. They deprived them uh, of the uh, the opportunity to win the game. Wasn't I think that was against Golden State? Yes, against Golden State when they threw it in the ball at half court and they just made a quick bucket, and uh, the the refs counted it. So that was uh, that was that was. Uh, of course, it's hard to get it overturned. Any they won't overturn. They will never overturn an NBA decision, especially yes. days later. You know, the only way they would ever do anything like that—that that they might—if there's a mega star involved. If it was LeBron James on the other team, yeah, maybe they'll do it because the NBA always looks the other way when it comes to LeBron James. They would never discipline him, reprimand them. You know, they're in fear of Lamont. Adam Silver commissioners in fear of LeBron for any type of move. LeBron could say what he wants, basically do what he wants. Listen, LeBron could grab a bucket of water and go behind an opposing player who'd be oblivious to it and dump the bucket of water on his head. And the NBA would give LeBron, you know, a $25,000 fine and maybe a one-game suspension at most. Right, <laughs> right. He does wield a lot of power, that's for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Cuban said he blew it uh, on the roster, keeping Kyrie Irving, um, you know, and Jason Kidd is not the problem with the team right now. Of course – you know, that's uh, well, 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 Mark Cuban didn't say he blew it keeping Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's on the team now, He's right? Got to keep him until the end, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So, I, I, I'm not sure in what context he's saying it, but he did say that he uh he did blow it. Uh, he was he's not blaming Jason Kidd for the problem. Uh, Kyrie, I guess he's saying is the problem with the team. Listen, I think. No, Kyrie. he did not say Kyrie's the problem. The owner, Mark Cuban, didn't call Kyrie Irving a problem with the team. Mac, if he did, that would be headlines all over the place. It would be off the rails. He's not blaming Kyrie. Well, it, it was. It was Jack, 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 Jack. It was, Jack. It was in the headlines. I'm reading it from the headlines on what he said. Um, as I was going to say, though, um, Kyrie and, and – uh, and uh, and Luca uh, did uh, get it together and did win a game together. So 
uh, playing different, not That's playing. Very nice that they got together. They won a game. The two stars, yeah, yes, yes, very, very, very good. Good for yes. them. They won a game. They did win one the They're together. still barely alive over there, over there in the West. They are barely hanging on for the play last play in position. If OKC beats the Grizzlies this weekend, Dallas is out. How did they can't make the play in position? OKC is in. Yes. Okay, so Dallas is in a very precarious position right now. As far as Cuban and Kyrie. Cuban says they would like to re-sign Kyrie for next year. I mean, going forward, maybe maybe a multi-year deal, but I don't Not think nice. he's willing to pay the crazy money. If he if they can work something out with Kyrie, they would want to do it because I mean, what option do they really have when you think about it? Because if they just move on from him, they're getting nothing in return. Well, they have, an option, they have an option, Jack, of, of getting a defense. That's what they have an option of doing, which they haven't done. Um, they need some defense on my uh, – on, uh, on, Yeah, on and uh, how much accountability goes to Jason Kidd, their coach? I mean, he hasn't done a very good job. Jason Kidd vents and feels when the team doesn't hustle, the team doesn't do this, they don't do that. Right. Okay. But it's his job to, you know, enforce certain things he hasn't really been doing. How we doing, Pags? Good morning, the Philly sports guy. What's going on, Pags? Good morning. I, it's opening day, and I'm already painted up. I'm actually live here at, uh, at Thunderbird Diner here in Brumall, Pennsylvania, where I'm also doing Philly, uh, Fox Good Day. So we're here live doing Fox Good Day and this show so i wanted to kind of do both here i wanted to stop on and let you know why i didn't show up first thing this morning because we were just doing a bit all right all right cool all right tell, all tell right, you. Know, Pat says it's like opening day you know i'm just i'm just getting confirmed what i think you know uh i'm gonna have it one second down here and yeah, yeah opening but opening day for the phillies they're one in five yeah, and you know it's a home opener, but I, I would say it's the home opener, Pat. They're one in five. It's home one opener. That's okay. That's all right. You know, uh, you, you're beginning to sound like Keith Hernandez. Whining and crying. Keith Hernandez criticized the Mets this early in the year. He's saying that he doesn't like the death style of baseball. He says they can't even move runners around. Well, I wonder if no. he wants to not show up to their games. Well, he not well, show up. No, to their well, games. he'll show up. He's a true blue Met. So, Pags, yeah, Pags, you were at you were at the you were at the game. You, I saw you all painted up at Yankee Stadium. So they did let you paint 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 up and go on, which they was did. cool. They did have a a tattooed Philly sports fan that got kicked out though. Uh, they did. Did you did you did you see did you see the guy? Yes. I, I, so Rob Dumphy is a friend of mine, uh, and I'll be honest, uh, they were they were really letting people like kicking people out for no reason. They, yeah. There was a lot of that going on. Uh, anybody like there was? I mean, he just did like a chant. He was getting people excited, and they got then they removed him, and it was a they did that to three or four Phillies fans and then like the the Yankees fans that were with them they kicked them out so I want to say that I witnessed about eight to ten people get kicked out 
Wow. So, but there was nothing. There was nothing that was really like vulgar. There wasn't really any, uh, you know, like no cursing or anything like that. It was really just some loud fans, and they, they just didn't want to deal with it. Well, maybe if the spiritual fans like went to your assigned space, there wouldn't be a problem. Because I hear some of these so-called fanatics, they find their way into the family section. They have no business this in the was, family This was a family section. And I'll tell you, there were a ton of open seats. I would have thought I would have thought that it would have been a lot busier. Yankee yeah. Stadium had a ton of open I guess seats. the Phillies aren't that big of a draw. Or the Yankees aren't that big of a draw. Excuse me for I a moment. I got to go do a bit, and then and I'm back. Okay, sounds good, Pags. So there you go, Jack. Philly sports guy doing his thing uh, live uh, on Fox Day. So hey, the guy's the guy's doing his thing. Yeah, I saw I saw the guy that got kicked out. I, I figured Pags knew him. That's why I brought it up. Um, you know, he, he looked like he was. Why did he get kicked out? I, I don't. I didn't hear about this. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. I. He. He had no shirt on. He had a bunch of tattoos on, and I guess he got a little too rebellious. I don't. I don't know what Pags is saying. I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of disgusting when you think of it. A guy takes his shirt off to show off his tattoos. You're coming to yeah. watch the game. You're you don't right. want a guy who's trying to bring attention on to himself doing that. Right. I listen. If he's trying to help his team, if if it's helping his team win, okay. But what's it doing for his team? What's it doing for anyone? It's just distracting from the game, Mac. We're there yes. to see the game. Not a guy to take his shirt off. I mean, what if I take my shirt off and I start walking up and down the aisle? I mean, you, you're going to tell me that's appropriate? <laughs> yeah, I'd listen, do what you want, Jack. You know, you, you you pay for the tickets. I'm just there to watch the game. So, um there is a, there is a, the former UConn. So speaking of UConn, uh, NBA star Ben Gordon, yeah, acted bizarre after uh, arrest on weapons charges. He had a knife and he had a gun, Jack. And uh, you know, at first he was acting okay when the cops got there. Once they handcuffed him, he started acting a little crazy. So he's going to be up on charges of at least. Uh, carrying weapons, and uh, I don't think he threatened anybody, not that I know of, uh, but I know they had to slam him on the ground and stuff and, and handcuff him. So, uh, I don't know, ben, yeah, I don't know his full background, but you know, you hope he gets the appropriate help. Yeah. He's obviously in a bad space, you know, mentally right now, and uh, yeah. you hope yeah. he gets the appropriate help for his good and you know, others. and Thankfully, nothing worse happened beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe Ben Gordon can get, you know, the right help. And especially, you know, from the state of Connecticut, considering, you know, what he's meant to the state of Connecticut, you really hope he, like I said, gets the appropriate help. Yeah, he was he was a good he was a great point guard for UConn. He played with the Bulls, played the point there too, had a pretty good career. Um so anyway. Um there the NBA uh, is all in on spacing uh, the floor. The stars have a lot more room to operate. I don't know if the NBA, <laughs> I don't know if the NBA has anything to do with the spacing of the floor, Jack. Uh, but there's been a lot more points scored than in 
in recent history to a lot of 30 and 40 point games. Um, I just think they're better shooters than they were a long time ago. And you got a lot better athletes uh, that can take it to the rim than they, than they did years ago. And that's not trying to put anybody from the past down. That's just the way it is today. Um, NFL news. We'll talk to Keith about this too, because I know he probably knows this better than we do. Uh, legendary offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia is going into the Patriots Hall of Fame. So the Patriots do have a Hall of Fame. Uh, I guess uh, one of the better offensive coaches in NFL history will be uh, going into the Hall of Fame. Original Hall of Fames, Team Hall of Fames is something that I like a lot I do because too. it honors the players well, maybe not quite Hall of Famers in their whole career. You know, I know you like to say our own guy, Jim Jeff, called, oh, yeah, it should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. No, Jim shouldn't definitely be in the Hall well, of Fame. It's not a no, it's not a no-brainer when it comes to Jim. You could argue the merits both ways, pro, pro Hall of Fame, against Hall of Fame. But if there's a team Hall of Fame, like let's say the Dallas Cowboys, he definitely should solidly be in there. And there are a lot, and there are a number of guys like that. Outstanding players that, you know, maybe can't quite make their Hall of Fame, yet they get put in another one. You know, it makes me think, you know, the like double standard in other sports, uh, like uh, baseball, for example. Certain guys are in, in the Hall of Fame because in large part of steroid use, even Pete Rose's case because of gambling, yet Major League Baseball allowed Pete Rose to get put in the Cincinnati Red Hall of Fame. Complete hypocrisy, the sport right. of baseball. Complete hypocrites. I agree. Good morning. Good morning, Byron Williams. Byron Williams, former Giants wide receiver, but Byron wasn't just on the Giants. Drafted by the Packers, played with the Eagles, played with the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. Byron or the Colts. Uh, I know he played for one of those teams. Also played overseas in the World Football League, one of the stars over there when, when he was playing there. So Byron has been a receiver for a lot of different teams. Well, if he, didn't, if he dropped a few less balls, he wouldn't have had to move as much all over the place, you know? He just had to hold on to, you know, a couple of throws. Right, Byron? Yeah, I was one of the first guys to, to uh, kind of introduce the free agent market, moving around. <laughs> I signed five contracts in the NFL, but, you know, it was just one of those things where you, you, know, you just have to fit in with the right chemistry, the coaches. It's a combination of you know, I think immaturity was a part of it, but, you know, yeah. football was football. So yeah. well, let's, yeah. let's get right to the current football, what's going well, on. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about first the Giants look like they've picked up a center, or at least got deeper on the offensive line. They pick up J.C. Hassan-War. That's a real tough word. Uh, Hassaner, uh Howard, they agreed to agreed to a contract one year providing depth at the offensive guard and center position. I know that the giants, they've lost two of their key senators, uh, senators, their centers. Uh, they lost uh, Gates and big number 75 uh, who played uh, at center for him too. So, so Byron uh, giants still trying to improve the depth of their team, especially on the offensive line. Yeah, that's so that's so critical. Uh, you know, um, you got to have those offensive linemen. You got to have, 
you know, uh, good depth. Uh, hopefully, they have some some good young guys to step up as well. Uh, and that and that's the good thing about having the, uh, the practice roster. You know. Hi. Hey, Byron. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yes, Byron. I, I, I shut him up really quick. All of a sudden, he went quiet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the Philly sports guy is there at Fox Day. Uh, See the casino? What are you, are, no, are you giving? I'm at, I'm at a diner. I'm at a are diner. Are you giving haircuts? I'm actually doing somebody's hair, and I was actually giving that. I'm, I'm setting up somebody's mohawk, a little kid's mohawk. I need to get my hair done. <laughs> Nothing okay, there. Yours is a little hard to do, but right. we can make it happen. It's so, easier to do the pinstripe on your head. There, there. I love that. So, so we were talking with Byron, of course, about the Giants, your favorite team, Bags. Um, you know, the draft's coming up soon, so I saw a story about Eli Manning, uh, you know, about uh, he opens up a little bit. Uh, Manning, Manning left San Diego. No, he wasn't interested in playing for them. Of course, that had a lot to do with his father, too. They drafted him. Anyway, to the uh, he was sent to the Giants for Rivers along with a third-round pick. It all happened within 30 minutes after the draft. He said he wasn't doing interviews. He was he was doing interviews about San Diego when the trade came through. Manning is eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2025. Uh, so, uh, Byron, uh, one of the, the best Giant quarterbacks of all time, uh, you could put him up there with, uh, you know, Phil Sims and, and hopefully uh, Daniel Jones can follow his suit. Uh, but that was a crazy day in the trade. I mean, in the draft day with that trade with Philip River. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, that, that was. Philip River was, um, you know, very high ranked coming out of college. And, you know, and, and you know, he, he played well. I guess, you know, at the end of his career, he had to go up to the, the coast. I think he played with the coast. And, and try to, uh, you know, just provide more support for them. But yeah, it's 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 really, you know, at this time, at this time frame, when when you get ready to go to the draft, you know, a lot of players, uh, you know, a lot of teams are trying to see what how to how to spread out the uh, the value of some players, so to, to spread to the teams. And so it's very key uh, during this time, right before the draft, that some of the teams make some moves to bring in guys like Philip Rivers. You know, it's easy to forget Ben Roethlisberger was in that draft. He went number 11 to yep. Pittsburgh. But there was a lot of talk about him going to the Giants. You know, Feline Manning was going to stick with San Diego. Yeah. Right. yeah. That, was a great, that was a great draft class, too. Boy, you're baby. See ya. So, um, so, but wasn't he chosen first? He needed to be chosen first so that they could do – like, they actually had that deal already worked out with San Diego specifically because they wanted to make sure that he got the number one pick money. Right. right. That's, that was the purpose of doing that. So the San Diego absolutely needed to pick him first and then trade him to the Giants because the Giants also wanted to make sure to give him the first pick in the draft money. That yes. there was a no, big San Diego actually wants – no, no, Pax – San Diego actually wanted Manning as their quarterback, but he made it clear he wasn't going to play for them. I think he would have given an event. His dad, Archie, didn't want him going to San Diego. Okay? Uh, you know, Archie Manning Sr. had a lot to do with his sons where they played. 
Peyton Manning was actually drafted by the Jets and stayed one extra year at Tennessee because his dad admitted later he, uh, Peyton wouldn't have been good in the New York market. He wouldn't have been able to take the criticism. He took things to heart too much. And his dad said with Eli, he let the criticism just roll off. It didn't bother him. But Peyton would have gone crazy about it. Bill Parcells was a Jet coach. Imagine him and Peyton Manning teaming up together. You know, we can only speculate how that would have worked out. Yeah, and, and we could also speculate what it would have been like. Would Philip Rivers have gone to a Super Bowl with the Giants, one or two of them? Um, you know, Ben got his, went to at least one that I'm aware of. I think he went to two. Uh, like he they won two. They went to three. They won two, lost And three. lost one. Correct. Correct. So, so would Philip Rivers – uh, with that giant, uh, with that giant team, would he have gone to the Super Bowl? Probably would have, at least went to one of them. Well, you don't know whether they would have won it. You know whether he would have led them on the two game-winning drives. I mean, you could just guess here, there. You know, yeah. who knows how history would have played out and things like that. So, Byron, an anonymous, uh, uh, anonymous executive believes New York Giants made a mistake. Holding on to Daniel Jones via a new contract, they would have been better off doing a bad deal with Saquon and French franchising Jones. What do you think about that? I think it's, uh, it's one of those deals where you get, you know, just like rolling the dice. I mean, it could go either way. But I think with both of those players, you can't go wrong. I think with the with the skill set and the talent that they bring to the team and and I think they did the right. I mean, I think they made the right decision the way they did. I really do. I think you know Daniel Jones uh, needs to be signed and, and be happy and get him settled in, and then uh, next year just working with Saquon. Byron Daniel Jones has been in the league a few years. He's only had one good year, right? Last year. So when you say you can't go wrong, I mean Daniel Jones is competent. I think he's a, a decent quarterback. How good is questionable? I mean, it's a big – he's certainly not one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Maybe he'll establish himself as such, but he might establish himself as being no more than an average quarterback at best also. I mean, he's kind of caught in between, and they made this type of commitment to him. But we know Saquon Barkley is one of the best backs in the league. No argument about that if, if he's healthy – I mean, who would you rather have than Saquon Barkley? But still, though, I would I would still rather get my quarterback situated first and then work on Saquon Barkley because, you know, look at the receiver that Daniel Jones had to work with and the injuries in, at the wide receiver. They've been real inconsistent with their wide receiver play. So he now had, He had Kadarius, Tony, and Evan Ingram. That's who he had to work with, and he failed dismally to connect with those guys. Right, and then the coaches that he had too. So it's a mixture, a mixture of, uh, of chemistry with some of those players, and it, it was a lot of inconsistency. And then just think, he was sacked more than any quarterback last year. I think about 54, 55 times. I mean, I mean, just think of that. So I think he, I think you make the right decision by signing Daniel Jones and Saquon to be, you know, let him have a season this year and then sign him this year. Yeah, they're they're supposedly working on a deal, three year deal for Saquon. Uh, yeah. trying to get that under under wraps too. So we'll see what happens. I I think I think both of you are right. I I don't know if Daniel Jones is worth all that money. I mean the the contract. 
they say it's really only eighteen million dollars a year, uh, but I I don't know. That's that's for. Uh, well, it's uh, got eighty-two million guaranteed. I think, right, over right over the days. over the years, right. But there's yeah. some Jeff, there's something there where <laughs> where they're only owing eighteen million. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know exactly what the contract says. Uh, but they did need to did both these guys to come back to continue building uh, in the right direction for uh, the ball and that. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about you know what we would love to have happen here. Stefan Diggs, he tweets about uh, the Giants joining the Giants. He's putting quotations. It says, "Come rescue me." I guess he means from the doll of the Bills. He likes the rivalry with Dallas and you know having his brother Trevor Diggs, uh, Trevon Diggs on the other side of Dallas. I think it's I think it's a bunch of you know it's just a bunch of nonsense. I'm talking. You about. guys would welcome Stefan Diggs. Why would you want him? He was with the Minnesota Vikings, a pretty good team. He wanted out. Okay, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. We don't know what goes on, Byron, as you could tell behind the scenes. Maybe something he just needed to leave. So he goes to the Buffalo Bills. You got Josh Allen as your quarterback there. You have a highly successful team, a Super Bowl contender, and you won out. The only thing I could think of, he knew Brian DeBall when Brian DeBall was the offensive coordinator with the Bills. So maybe he has a great relationship and he wants to get back with Brian DeBall. But you got Josh Allen with the Bills and you're the primary receiver. What is it? Maybe he doesn't like the weather in Buffalo, but why would you want to get him? He's going to be a loud voice that could be a negative voice. You know, I mean, he's a heck of a receiver, a heck of a receiver. Why not go for quieter version, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins? You'd have to give up less and who's, you know, as good as Stefan Diggs, unless DeAndre Hopkins has lost the step that we don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think uh, I think he just probably, you know, these guys now, the social media blow up everything, and, you know, maybe he wants some attention, and he probably wants, yeah, he wants to compete against his brother, but I, I think he needs to just sit down and and then take it where, you know, and play where he is. But if you go to you go to New York, it's a lot more pressure. Uh, he, he might not even fit. I mean, he's a selfish type of player as well. So I, I just think, uh, you know, these guys be – bring the spotlight on themselves. And I think it's not going to be, it's not going to help him any, but you know, that, that NFC East is pretty tough. People don't realize that that competition in there is, is, is thick. So if he, if he want to go and have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, I think he needs to stay, you know, stay put with the Buffalo Bills. But don't, but don't these receivers think he has Josh Allen throwing to him as opposed to Daniel Jones. Now, yeah. Daniel Jones, Let's give him, let's give him the benefit of the doubt for a moment and say he's he'll be a good passer there with Stefan Diggs there. But Josh Allen's exceptional. So I don't see what he's looking for. I can understand if it was the other way around and you want to join this elite quarterback. Right. Yeah. And you know, he had he had a Kurt Cousin with the Minnesota Vikings. Night, this best quarterback that he ever gonna have. Is Josh Allen, no doubt. And I don't know why, if anything, that I would him, I would just want to stay put with with a premier quarterback, the top the, one of the elite quarterbacks that's in the league right now is Josh Allen. Yeah, maybe, maybe he sees the writing on the wall. Maybe, maybe he thinks Buffalo is plateaued. They're not going to the Super Bowl. 
and you know maybe he thinks the Giants have a enough talent or will be getting enough talent, but maybe they'll be have a shot at going to Super Bowl. I'm not sure what he thinks. Um, yeah, but it is interesting. Um, Cam Newton reveals a list of nine teams he'd be willing to sign with Byron uh, as a backup. Now he says he'll be a backup. At first he might be a starter. Now he wants to be a backup. Um, I mean, Cam's all done to me, Byron. I don't know. I mean, as a backup, I guess you could keep, you could have him or you know on your roster to you know to to play quarterback in case of emergency. Um, but I don't see him being a, a, even a solid backup at this time in his career. Yeah, I, I think too. I think you know he might maybe think about his second career. I mean, football have been good to him, and he made made a lot of money. And you know, sometimes these guys still want to hang around. But what do you bring? You need, when you look at your backup, you need to look at leadership, uh, locker room uh, confidence, being able to gel the guys together on and off the football field, community outreach, things like that. That's what you want to look at. Uh, with your backup quarterbacks, being able to come in and, you know, rescue your team, like kind of like Cooper Rush did last year for the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, those are the things that you look for for your backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you know I can You know, he's got a lot of nerve when you think of it. I mean, he's willing to go to just a list of teams. He's in no position to give a darn list at this point. His way of thinking, he's still a league MVP. He's still a starting caliber quarterback. He should wake up and realize, you know, if you want to stay in the league, you grab any roster spot you can, that a team will maybe sign you as a third-string quarterback, but he's even making that hard for them, okay? Even like a team like the Giants, get in touch with them, say I'm willing to be the third-string quarterback. Say I'll even go to the practice squad if need be. And then if I'm performing well, they'll bring them up from the practice squad and put them on the roster. And then you never know. Maybe you get an opportunity somewhere. Maybe you perform. That's his only possible ticket to, you know, playing in the NFL, yet he wants to pick and choose his teams. You know how bad that makes him look? If I'm a team and I might put him on my roster, maybe he's a third stringer, I'm going to shy away from him. Typical story of certain guys. They're not worth the maintenance, even though they're good enough to be in the league. It was with Colin Kaepernick. It wasn't worth having him as a backup. He was too much of a distraction. Tim Tebow, it wasn't worth having him as a backup. He was too much of a distraction. And now Cam Newton joins them. Too, it's not worth it. Too much of a distraction. I'm yep. disgusted. I'm just all fed up <laughs> waiting for this Aaron Rodgers situation. <clears throat> I just got to burn off this. Is Aaron Rodgers going to sign with the Jets? No. You tell me. <laughs> I mean, I think so. I mean, it, the Packers and the Jets, Byron, right now they seem to be unified in this sense. Packers aren't shopping them elsewhere. They're not talking about him going elsewhere. They're focused on trading him to the Jets. The Jets are not looking elsewhere. And I, don't tell me about Ned Boyle, you know, a uh, backup who they Tim, got. That's Tim, Tim, Tim Boyle. Jets. Tim Boyle. I don't even know the darn guy's name. He's a, and, and But he's an Aaron Rodgers disciple, you know, from the past. Uh, so the Jets aren't looking elsewhere. Eventually... Something has to happen. Everyone says, oh, sure, they'll make the deal. They'll make the deal. They'll make the deal. You guys tell me what's holding up this deal. 
what is going to get this finally let's nail this deal down because like in anything else you hang around too long anything could happen at some point i mean even can aaron rogers force the issue i mean it's everyone's waiting but is aaron rogers happy about this guys is he thinking i don't have to report to training camp for a while you know i could just chill out and there'll be no criticism yeah, I, think, I think it's not happening behind the scene. I just think they're just keeping it quiet, keeping it out of the media. I think it's probably a done deal, but but mainly, you know, they're just having a, a timetable of where they're going to re reveal what they need to do. I, I just think it's it's a done deal myself. Well, I agree with Jack. I think Aaron Rodgers does have the power to make this happen. Uh, but, you know, last time last I heard he was he was shopping in a crystal shop you know, those crystals that make you feel good, those rocks, you know, and that's what Aaron Rodgers was busy doing. Um, I, you know, I don't know, Jack. I think, I think Aaron Rodgers is the one that can get it done. If he forces uh, the Packers hand, uh, he helps the Jets get him there. And, and, and that's what he's well, what, what can Aaron, how can he force their hand? What can he say to the Packers? Look, goes, if, I I don't, I'll, I'll, I've, if I don't play for the Jets, it's back I'll see to you. Green Bay. I'll I want to play year. for the Jets. But I will play for the Packers. I love the Packers. I'll show up. I'll back Jordan Love up. He could say if no, I have to. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be the starter. How's that? That'll that'll yeah. really. Oh, that'll he really, back nobody. I'll take Jack. I'll take he'll back up uh, Jordan Love for sure. He 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 definitely the player. And then fifty-eight million dollars a year. And then they man, oh man, it. I'll. Uh, and I'll, I'll pack up these guys that Mac brings on this show to host, you know, for that money. I, I, I shut my mouth for two hours and, for that and money. If, and, if, and if Rogers did that, I would imagine Jordan Love would demand a trade. So yeah, well, that's the problem with the Packers. At this point, they're obligated to Jordan Love. You can't right. come back to Jordan Love and say, well, Aaron's starting back up one more year. They, they just can't do that at this point. And the fact, Packer fan base, too, has basically moved on from Aaron Rodgers, you know, very gently, not in a yeah. hostile way, but they feel, you know, the Aaron Rodgers era's ended and like to bring it back for one more year. If the Packers won the cusp of winning the Super Bowl, if they had that type of team that was one of the favorites, yeah, I could see Aaron running it back one more year, but they don't. They're like just another team now. Maybe they can get back to the Super Bowl, but they're not one of the favorite teams in the NFC anymore. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree Even with that. the NFC North because uh, the Detroit and the Chicago Bears got something to say about that. And the Vikings, too. Chicago and, the Vikings, and the Vikings, yeah. I don't think the Chicago Bears fire and have anything to say about anything. Come on. Chicago Bears, they're not. Uh, come on. I mean, Chicago Bears are going to fool some people. Vikings, yeah. They're going to fool some people this year, I think. But they're not yeah. any type of contenders, the Bears. I mean, listen, maybe they win six, seven games this year, you know. Um, That'd be a maybe step eight up. games, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. No, they're not a Super Bowl contender. I'm not saying that, but I think I think that that, that division will be tough. I I do believe. Yeah, Byron, you follow. You've been you follow the college uh, uh, basketball. Uh, you know the the women's tournament. Uh, LSU ends up beating uh, Iowa for the championship game. I just want to get your opinion. Me and Jack were kind of talking before the show. Um, mm -hmm. The White House controversy, where 
they were going to uh, Jill Biden said was inviting uh, Iowa also, and the LSU didn't want nothing to do with that. Then they weren't now they weren't going because Iowa was going, and you know now they're going, but not all the players are going to show up. So I mean that's just that's just a messed up messed up situation. Yeah, I mean you know uh, sports should be uh, focused on on you know celebration and i think you know this day and time you know you got the first lady you know she i guess she wanted to celebrate our because they they had they never been to you know to the championship game and so i can see that uh some you know some people looking at uh what's best for our society maybe it could show unity or show something that's different never been done before so Sometimes, you know, you just got to look at things at a different perspective. And I always try to look at things on both sides of the fence. So I can see that, um, you know, maybe maybe this can be the start that the First Lady want to celebrate the both teams to come in and, and, and uh, show some type of unity. I don't know. But, you know, I just think, too, sports can get, you know, in the media sometime. And, and we, need to, we need to look at what's best for, you know, to join people together and have some type of, you know, um, I think sports is really, you know, sports is really the the glue to to the, to the America. And, and you know, when you look at the the political side of things, they're always fussing and bickering. Every day you turn on the news, you know, you got some type of uh, outcast or somebody against this and that. And you know, it's just so much that's going on in our society now. But anything that's gonna bring us together to make America better and 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 society. You know, I'm all for it. Uh, so why not bring both teams up there? Both teams did a spectacular job. I mean, first time both teams went to the championship series. So, you know, you can start that and make sure that you continue the same thing, show that every year. Uh, Byron, I I think she was flat out wrong. An innocent mistake, okay? She doesn't deserve this nonsensical backlash. Well, if, you know, the Iowa team was black and the other was white. She wouldn't have said it. She didn't deserve to hear any of that. But it's a mistake to have both teams. What are you going to do, crowd the Oval Office? I mean, in the Super Bowl winners, you're going to have the Super Bowl loser in there, the World Series loser, the NBA final loser. Yes. It's for the team that wins. It's the way it is. It has to be the most unusual of circumstances that I can't even think of where you would have both teams in there. Okay, a, yeah. a very unusual circumstance, and this wasn't un, an unusual circumstance. Okay, it, you know, if the Iowa team was beaten soundly at the end, it wasn't like they lost it to buzz and all the girls were lying on the floor crying, being consoled by the LSU players. You know, not it wasn't that type of human situation that played out, but you know, I mean, LSU won, they deserve it. They deserve the complete spotlight, you know, and Iowa wouldn't have felt comfortable being there. They even said it, you know, it, it's, it, it has to be reserved for the winners. It's unfortunate that the way, that's the way things sometimes are in sports. Yeah. Some teams win, some teams lose, and it's not a participation thing. Can you imagine, like I said, how crowded the Oval Office would be with both teams? Yeah, you, that's a good point. I, I think you're absolutely right, Jack. I think I think it's reserved for the championship winners, and that's the way it should be. Maybe she didn't know. Maybe this is the first time um, thinking about it or something that they caught her saying something, and maybe that's what happened. They caught her off guard saying, making that statement. Yeah. 
Could be. Angel Reese isn't accepting <clears throat> Jill Biden's apology. She is not accepting it. Well, she's she trying to get a new car right now. I saw her on, on the sports center this morning. She's trying to get a, a new NIL deals and she uh she lined up for these talk shows. So she she better yeah. try to make some money. She'll have a job at ESPN, you know, down the line. She's yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe she'll maybe she'll go to maybe she'll go to Iowa next year and play with Caitlin. Who knows what happens? Listen, Caitlin Kolak isn't so innocent with all her gestures. So let's like not forget about Caitlin Clark. I mean, she should tone it down a bit herself. No doubt. Oh, Byron. Well, you know that's 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 the heat of the moment when you when you're in competition and you win. You know, you you do some things like that. Not that's just part of sports, and I think that's part of having a confident player. And but you know it, it's 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 a quick moment. Everybody get this moment. You'll remember by some things that happen in your in your career. So I think that was that's what it is. All by competition. Byron, let's get Byron. Yeah, yeah. Byron, let's let's get to let's get to some baseball. Yeah. Um, you know the Houston Astros are are a great team. People have picked them to go to the World Series again this year. But the Texas Rangers. They're putting together a pretty good ball club of their own. I think they're in first place, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, we had our Subway Series. Are we going to have a Texas World Series where the Astros end up playing the Rangers for the World Series? Well, that's the one I've been waiting for. You know, I, I've been waiting for the, for the Rangers to step up. And, you know, I went to three or four Rangers games last year, and it was exciting. Uh, but – that's that will be good. I could drive down Interstate 45 to Houston and come back and up here with the Rangers. But you know, I would live like five minutes from the Rangers Stadium, so I would love to see that happen. But uh, maybe maybe it'll happen. You know, we beat we beat Philly uh, just opening last week and opening yes, week. So. Well, and we can't seem to ever beat the Rangers. I mean, they've I think they've won 19. Now it's probably 21 straight. Uh, against us, so I, yes, that's that's a common thing for us. We can't, for some reason or another, the Rangers have our number. It's the water. That could be it. Very well, be. So if Philly played in the Texas Rangers division, you guys would be in last place every year. Is what you're saying? Uh, well, no. If we played in their division, uh, it, they would be like the Mets, and I'm sure they would just mess it up. So, uh, Byron, how, I, I mean. Do you wish do you wish you played baseball instead of football now? You know what? They tried they tried to get me to play baseball in high school and I, and I, and I wished I would have played because I could have been like Ricky Henderson. I could have been a stolen base type player. Yes, you could have been. Yes, you could have been, Byron. Jack, so, hey, Jack had to get up for that one. He had to get up yeah, for that yeah, one. Yeah. That's okay. We can remove Jack. No, no, for real though. I I wish I would have played baseball. I, you know, we, you know, I couldn't afford a, we couldn't afford a bat and a glove, so I didn't play baseball. If if you if you had both of you guys, if you had an hour to uh, to spend with a baseball player, you know, sit on the bench and talk to, who would that be? Hmm. Man, I. Uh, I I would like to just spend an hour with Ricky Henderson just to, so I would have been like a stolen base type player, you know, to get on the base and try to steal bases. I think I would want to spend that time with Ricky Henderson because he's all-time stolen base uh, leader. 
But man, it was some great baseball players. I can tell you, uh, just watching Aaron Judge last year, just going to the game and, and playing our, our baseball players are uh, have to be focused, especially at the bat. So I, I, I would love to see uh, those type of players, special time with those two players. When I when I start thinking about it, and you know, if I could just talk solely baseball, uh, I think Pete Rose. As funny as that sounds, like I, I think Pete Rose would be the one I'd want to talk to. Uh, I mean, I don't want I don't want to get into any of the extracurriculars, but I just think the stories that they have to be able to tell, not just about uh, like about baseball itself, but like some of the behind the scenes stuff, like, you know, you know, working and finding out different things about different players and being able to do some of the trash talk in there and uh, like finding out everything about umpires. I mean, that was, that was a big thing about nails. Nails love to find out about the umpires and start talking smack to them so that he could work walks, you know, before he even had a pitch thrown to him. So yeah. it was like those types of things are, are like behind the scene. I kind of like that type of stuff that's 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 what really is the unseen part of baseball yeah i mean yeah. it's really it's really hard to say one guy so so many guys have contributed right i think i would want to talk to to somebody that was in world war ii also that fought in the world war and mm -hmm. you know had their career kind of stopped for those few years like at the maggio or williams who really contributed during world war ii and came back and still uh played Great baseball. I think that would be something that would be really interesting to hear about. Of imagine, course, everybody imagine Joe DiMaggio in today's age and everything happened to him. Imagine the oh. stories that we would find out about on social media. I mean, he, he was married to Marilyn Monroe. He had the 56-game hitting streak. I mean, there's so many different things that just his life was you know, larger than life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if it, yeah. just the if there wasn't a Babe Ruth, it would be, you know, it would be Joe DiMaggio that we would be talking about all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, would, yeah I, he would have been that guy. And, and again, like I said, there's so many. I mean, if you if you think about it, even with Lou Gehrig with his disease, I mean, mm -hmm. how that affected him, how he played, um, you know, uh, with the disease and, 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 and the making of the movies and stuff like that. I mean, there's so many great stories in Major League Baseball that, that – you know, we haven't seen enough of. Um, so, so Pags, get some more of your Philly news in here. Um, we talked about the tattoo uh, thing again. I imagine uh, the Phillies are really eager to play their first real home game now because they've been on the road. Uh, what nineteen games? I think it was. Uh, well, obviously they were a season. Yeah, they were playing away for spring training and now 16 six games you know if you want to count it all the way back to the world series nine games in total, right so, so that's, um, that's, why 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 did the schedulers do that i mean i know other team that i've heard of has that many uh no 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 I mean, six games away that's how they do it it's you two see two series if you're if you're starting off at opening day then two series uh at home so it's only it's only been six games obviously and that's right. and that's everybody everybody in in baseball they either away six games and then, then home or then they play home typically now it 
it's interesting that the Reds and the Phillies were always the start of the season. That used to be that way, that the Phillies and, and now, now Major League Baseball has decided to kind of do the same thing that football is doing, that they want to start the season off with the World Series champion. Right? Yeah. Right. I think that's exciting, too, because that, that – that you know, people want to relive that last year, that last year moment. That's right. kind of excitement. So, uh, in the Eagles news, Marcus Mariota embraces his new role as black backup quarterback with the Eagles. He says maybe he can help out Jalen Hurts with some of his experience. Uh, Pags. Um, I mean, listen, it's he's he's similar to uh, Jalen Hurts. He can run really well with the ball, uh, decent arm. Um, Good move or bad move for, for the Eagles picking them up? I think it's a good move. It's always it's always good when somebody – I mean, he's had such a humbling experience in the NFL in general, including last year when he got dropped from Atlanta. You know, right. it was just like, okay, he – so, I mean, it had to become – he had to come very humbled at this point and be like, all right, my, my hat in hand, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to be a backup. So There was some – there was some new – there was some news out of the Flyers, too. They were talking about John uh, Tortelius. Uh, tough love seems to be rubbing off on his assistant coaches. Um, he's pretty tough, uh, Pag. He's saying it looks like some guys here uh, don't even care. They're just not trying. I mean, that's pretty some strong words. Well, you know what? And, and I don't get me started on this. I My battery's going to run low here. I'm already going to, like, fall out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I – there, that, that's been a problem with the organization, and that started from the very top. The president has retired now, so they brought in a new guy. Hopefully, he can change the, the whole regime. Uh, but it's from the top down. It's been, it's been a whole problem with the culture, and it started from the, very, from the very, very top all the way down. I didn't even blame the guys on the ice anymore because that's what it is. It's been so nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's all about the dollar. So now, now they're going to have to see what it's like when there are no dollars coming in, because nobody cares about the Flyers right now, which is a shame. Which is a shame. Well, with him coaching, you're still going to have the same ownership, right, Bags? No. Well, Comcast owns it, but they just, like I said, they're doing a full revamp of everybody, everybody up top. So it's no longer, you know, the the old president and things like that. It's been, it's. Lots of people okay. are changing in the executive area. If my the computer may die here any second, so I apologize if that's the case. So, okay, okay, no problem. Um, Glaber Glaber Torres, uh, I I know you love talking about the Yankees, Byron. You know the Yankees. The kid Glaber Torres, well, Pags is has uh, has disappeared. I think it's his, his computer one now. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Byron. Uh, Glaber Torres reaches 100 home runs already. Um, he's playing second base. Um, he's quite a young, uh, a quite a young player that the Yankees have held on to, um, and you know a lot of people wanted him to trade in the beginning of the year. I don't know if you've watched Glaber Torres play or not, maybe during a WBC or not, um, but he's a very exciting young player for the Yankees. Yeah, I had I hadn't watched him and. Um... Uh, but I have a, but I just know that whenever the, whenever they, they always have great second basements uh, for sure. Um, and I, I know that uh, 
that position is one of the key marquee position because of the history that they have in the past. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure that the Yankees don't make too many mistakes when they when they selected the players and when they have players playing in those positions. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what he can bring and and um, and looking forward to seeing what uh well, you know what he what what the what the Yankees gonna do because I'm a Yankee fan for sure. Okay, all right, yeah, they do they do have a lot of good young players down on the farm that are that are playing real well, and of course their their pitching rotation as soon as. Uh, a couple of their signings come back, like a Rondon and everything. Uh, they'll be ready to go. Folks, we're at the top of the hour. I'm going to take a, a quick promotion break, and we'll be right back after these promotions. He was a giant, and he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. Right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate. All right, I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate. This oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn! Hey, isn't he? This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Thanks, Byron, for sticking around today. Glad to have you in. Uh, you know, it's always good to see uh, you guys smiling faces. You no. Know? <laughs> All right, glad. glad and to you know, we 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 love the Jets, but we hate the Jets. Well, I, I like the Jets. I mean, I said that for Jack. <laughs> I mean, I was hearing about the giant depth before that they added an offensive lineman, but they lost two before. I mean, teams, there's so many moving pieces that are going back and forth. I want to hear about impact players like Orlando Brown going to the Cincinnati Bengals for their offensive line and the Chiefs sure. losing him. Now, there's a move. Sure. That's, those are the kind of moves that have an impact, but so many guys move around. We don't know their names a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, but that money that it cost for, for Orlando Brown was through the ceiling, too. I mean, he he got a lot of money going to 
to play for the Bengals. But listen, they want to protect Joe Burrow now. So I mean, yeah. that's that's something that makes sense. That's um, big volume. That's big volume for them. That's for it sure. It does. It does. Jack, while, while you were out, we was talking about Glaber Torres reaching 100 home runs already. Uh, like Byron said, W done during the WBC. He was he brings that excitement from there to the Yankees. Um, and and him playing second base, Byron thinks is is relevant because there's a lot of it great is. second basemen play there. It is. Why is everyone looking to trade Glaber Torres from the Yankees? And if they are going to ever trade him, now's the time because his value's up. Why not keep him? And they got Anthony Volpe at shortstop. The next Derek Jeter. But the problem's going to be with Josh Donaldson at third base. They're going to have to address that because I don't think he's going to really hit again. But you got to give him a few weeks, kind of like a benefit of the doubt, you know, to be sure. And then they're going to have to address that situation. I heard you guys, Mac, you see like Houston and Texas for the World Series. Well, Jay, Jacob DeGround pitched a heck of a game for Texas in a second start. Yeah. And Texas, they're not scared to spend money. Where do some of these teams get the money, like the San Diego Padres, the Texas Rangers? I can understand Steve Cohn, the Met owner. He has, what, like $16, 17000000000 billion. So he could afford to lose a billion dollars of his own money. You know, it's easy for me to say. But some of these other teams, like the San Diego Padres, where's that money coming from? I mean, they seem to be willing to outbid, you know, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I you know, Look, I don't know who owns the Texas Rangers. I imagine he's pretty – anybody who owns a baseball team is pretty wealthy. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. The players – the play list, the playing salaries are just all out of whack. And, and the only way to compete today, I guess, is to spend all that money. Unless you're, you know, unless you're Toronto, who has, seems to have it figured out, or, or maybe the Rays, who have it figured out with their young players. So, um, pretty interesting stuff. Jack, I asked the question while you were out: if you had an hour to sit on a bench and talk to somebody uh, from Major League Baseball, I mean, you know, we mentioned, you know, people that fought in the war, um, you know, playing playing baseball afterwards and still playing good ball, Luke Garrett, people like that. Who would you who would you like to spend an hour talking to? Uh that's a good question. It's always intriguing. Willie Mays, maybe, you know, because the you know, one of the oldest living players, a legend, how he played the outfield, his philosophies coming up, the discrimination, how the game has changed to this, to that. How did he feel about people comparing him to Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron? Did he feel he was much better than those guys? His godson, Barry Bonds, did he feel he really was on steroids? You know, there's a lot there. You know, yeah. you can go over. Good morning, Keith. Keith Engel from TGI Sports comes in with us every Friday and Sunday. How are you doing today, Keith? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. Not bad. Not bad. I know you heard us talking about who we would like to spend an hour with, a Major League Baseball player. Uh, who would you choose, Keith? That's a good question. Um, so I don't have to like them, do I? Because I judge my people that I want to really chat with by if I'd want to have a beer with them or not. That's how I judge people, basically. Um, so if I don't have to like them, I just want to talk to an interesting player. Um, that's, a, that's a tough one. How about the babe? 
who's alive, who you can actually alive? talk to today. Oh. Yeah. Well, I could, you know, when I later on when I'm gone, I can talk to him, I guess, for eternity. Um, so he's got to be alive. Uh, Willie Mays a good one, but I don't want to take the same. Uh, well, Mickey's dead too. Everybody's dead that I want to talk to for crying. That's not a good sign for me, I guess. Can I ask you guys this? What you thought? I had that discussion with my wife on this yesterday. We have the news on, and we had there's a former prosecutor attorney. I forgot his title, but his name flashes on the screen. It's Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. Interesting. If you name Ty Cobb. Would you keep the exact name or would you change it to Tyler Cobb? I mean, would you be called Tyler Cobb? Because every time every time you go somewhere you put your name Ty Cobb, wouldn't you get tired of the comments? Name and air condition you know, is everything. Like even like Michael Jordan, would you at least call yourself Mike Jordan? Okay? Well, here's the I think I would change my name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time you're getting like a comment, actually, you know, something like that. I will say this is a good story to bring up because it just prompted me for the guy I want to talk to, Pete Rose. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, Pag said that, and I guess that would be uh, yeah. one of the more interesting guys. To talk hey, about. I was gonna say uh, the hammer. I, I forgot that I was on the plane with uh, Hank Aaron. Oh, uh, yeah. I was on a plane with him, and I, I said, man, if I could just have a lot, little time with him, that would be great. He, but, uh, yeah. of course, he passed away in 2021, but, yeah. you know, uh, Hank Aaron was, was a special guy. I would, I I would You know it's never brought up. Hank Aaron had all these death threats when he was tied with Babe Ruth. So he breaks the record. He's circling the bases. What did those two young men who were patting him on the back, how were they able to get that close to him? Can you imagine they went on the field and shot him that moment? That that would have been a part of the one of the ugliest parts of American history going forward. But how were they able to get by the FBI and all the security? You would think security would have had that in hand. That's crazy. I know it's 1974, but still. Yeah, that was an interesting moment for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I might have picked Hank, but I had to pick a guy alive. So well, that's yeah, you didn't have to, but that's Jack wanted you. <laughs> now I was on playing with him. That's why I said that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Keith, Nick's big uh, makeshift big three trio, first in team history at least since um, 1979. Anyway, versus Indiana, quickly Toplin and Grimes uh, winning their fifth consecutive game. Uh, it looks like they're playing Cleveland in the playoffs. Um, you know, is it a blessing right now that Randall's not playing? I don't know if a, a blessing. I mean, guys are stepping up and they're playing. They're playing well, um, which I think momentum going into this series and they beat Cleveland as part of this five game winning streak as well. Right. Um, I think that's important. I don't think I'd go out as far to say they're better off without Julius Randall, especially heading into the. Uh, uh, into the playoffs, so and we don't know what his situation is going to be yet. But I'm glad to see they're going to be going in. Those are two games left uh, regular season, I think. Right. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, win two more and and go in really with a head of steam and see what can happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important that the that the Knicks bench be playing well when they go in the playoffs too. I mean, they're actually getting time on the yeah. court now where they yeah. were before. Top well, that's. Yeah, to your point, if he comes back, it helps because now those guys have had some time and, you know, they've got, you know, in better game condition, if you will. 
um, and played in game situations. So that's a that's a blessing. Yeah. So if we, if you're talking about just from this short term, those guys getting a little bit of game time, then yes, it's it's a blessing in that regard. Yes. Yes. And uh, you know, Jack said, you know, uh, you know, it was about time they started playing top and kind of wasting them on the bench there. Where are you going to play him, though, when Randall's there? You can't play him. Well, I guess you put him in when Randall's not playing. I guess that's yeah. what we're trying yeah. to do, right? Yeah. Um, but quickly and, and top, and uh, both in their third year now, starting to play some really good ball for the for the Knicks. So. You know, it's interesting, too. They were struggling a little bit, and they had another little we, – we talked about Randall before he got hurt getting in uh, – I don't remember whose face he got in was uh, on the court. I can't remember. Quickly, quickly, right, and then, but after he got hurt, they had another before, just before, or maybe at the beginning of this this streak that they're on, they had another incident on the bench with Toppin and Barrett, I believe, too. Yeah. So, I think it's, I, I don't think that's always a bad thing. It, Randall's thing was a little over the top, I thought, but these guys are showing some passion, and you know, you should be able to get in your teammates' face a little bit, and I think that's what happened with Toppin and uh, and Barrett, and I'm sure they're back on the same page, but. It shows some fire in a team too, and I like I like some of that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mavs owner Mark Cuban blamed Brunson's parents for Nick's arrival. Uh, uh, appears to blame Brunson's father. Uh, you know, hired as assistant coach before he signed with the team. Uh, President Leon Rose, Brunson's godfather, who was previously his agent. So there's a lot of connections over there. Uh, as Jack says, I don't think blame is the right word. Just, no, it's not. That's a that's so an awful. That's a stupid right. word. Right? I yeah. mean, those are things that aren't under anybody's control. They just happen. Well, maybe the hiring of uh, his dad, but right. Um, you know, Mark Brunt, Mark Cuban needs to shut up. Every time his team loses, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Byron, but every time his team loses, it's the referees, it's the league, it's this, it's that, and. You know, you brought Kyrie Irving in there, and you deserve whatever happens to you down there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they they finally won a game uh, with with. <laughs> you get the feeling Mark Cuban wants to be one of the guys. Yeah. He wants to blend in yeah. to everyone else. He wants to yeah. be friends. He wants he wants to go out have a beer with the guys, hang out. It's not like quite an authoritative, you know, figure in that sense, like owner player. You know, just wants to blend in, which in a way is nice, you know, that they know ass about him. But Mark Cuban, you know, what is it about the Texas owners, Jerry Jones and Mark Cuban, where they get the spotlight on them? I think they both want to coach the team. If I'm not mistaken, Byron, you'd know better than I. Uh, but I think over the years, Cuban's had issues in games with referees getting in their faces and stuff. Absolutely. Go down there and stand on the bench. Jerry Jones come down and stand on the sideline. I think you know they 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 want to be involved with everything a part yeah. of the team, and that's completely not not fair for the players, not fair for the fans. Yeah. And it messes up. They messes up the whole the whole pitch of everything. That's, yeah. that's not the way to do it. Byron, isn't Jerry Jones the Cowboy GM and president? Yeah. because Jerry's the GM. It's not meddling in any way. If you know that to me, you're never really meddling per se. It's your team. But Jerry Jones is a GM, so he should be very involved. He shouldn't but, be but, I know Stephen Jones makes the decision, supposedly, but Jerry is does have final say if push comes to shove because he is Stephen's dad. But the media always asks Jerry Jones about every concerns, 
uh, pertaining to the Cowboys. And, right. he, you know, he talked about the players. He talked about this. He talked about the draft. So he's been in, he's involved. So everywhere. There's not enough football people involved upstairs there. That's the problem, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why they haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years. I mean. Yep. Good, good that's point. That's the reason why. Uh, Glaber Torres reaches 100 home runs already. Uh, Keith, exciting young player. Uh, something I like to see on the Yankees now. Uh, mm -hmm. WBC. They're, you know, they, they look like they're having fun uh, again in, in New York. Um Great second baseman, can play anywhere. I don't know, great maybe a little too strong for right now, but he plays second base the way it's supposed to be played. Uh, Byron commented it's important because that's, you know, a lot of great Yankees play second base. Yeah, he has, his defense has improved. He's uh, he's off to a, a really good start at the plate. I didn't realize he was at 100 home runs already. That's good. Congratulations for him. Um, I've never had a problem with Glaber. I mean, his attitude's always been pretty good. Um, even when he was down, it wasn't his fault. He was playing out of position at shortstop for as long as he did. And, but Glaber still might be the guy that gets traded here when they find they need a third baseman or a left fielder or bet more pitching or all of the above. Glaber could be the odd man out here, I'm afraid, because he's got hey, the most upside for somebody. There's something I should know, and I'm not sure – I could correct me if you guys know the answer, and I'm wrong. Isn't Gleyber Torres a free agent at the end of the season? Um, Am I wrong on that? I mean, because I don't think so. Um, his contract status should be discussed at the very least in two years from now. I mean, I know it's not exactly the Aaron Judge situation that everyone focused on a year out, but. Uh, Labor Torres contract situation. Let's find out. Let's find out. Is your producer? I don't, think he, I don't remember him signing a contract for a while. So I don't think he had any long term deal that he's locked into the next few years. Let's see what he's got here. He's signed a one year $9,900,000 deal with the Yankees, including uh, about uh, for 2023. 20, 20, so. But I'm not sure he's got the service time to be a free agent after this year either. I'm not sure about that. So. Well, he went to the Yankees, uh, I think, 2016 or so. When the, the year the Cubs he, won the World Series, they traded – Yankees traded Chapman to the Cubs for Gleyber Torres. I so found the answer. I found the answer. He can be a free agent after the 2024 season. Okay, okay so he's two years away, not one year away. So the Yankees are smart. They do what the Atlanta Braves do with their players. Gleyber Torres wants to be a Yankee, and I think it's not just words. He very much loves it here. Now's the time to sign him because if they wait to the end of the year, I, Brian Cashman is going to give him an offer that he shouldn't take, and then Cashman will go public and state it to the people, and it'll be – it's not as crazy an Aaron Judge contract situation, no. not even – Close, but nevertheless, chances are Gleyber Torres might take it all the way to free agency. The Yankees are going to overpay, and you might say, well, they can afford it, but the extra money you pay free agents later that could affect you going forward because that's a little less money you're going to have. Yeah, if they're going to keep them, I don't disagree. That's the, what they should probably look to do, but I think they want to see a little more consistency out of them as well. I don't think they're going to sign them off of – Listen, this guy's a very up and down. Even last year where he had what we feel is a bounce back season, he was very, very inconsistent and, and up and down. 
And again, I don't know if Glaber's ever going to get to where he was three years ago. I just don't know he will. Well, Glaber Torres is going to, if they keep him at second, he's the answer for years to come. I think they should recognize it now because sometimes you wait on a guy. You keep saying, we want you to prove it. When the guy proves it, now he's thinking, okay, now you really got to pay him top dollar. You can't, you know, it becomes harder to sign him. Oh, don't forget, I mean, it depends, on, it depends if they're keeping both Volpe, which I don't see any reason they're going to be looking to move him uh, anytime soon, and Peraza. They're going to need to find a position for one of them. And if they decide that's the way they want to go, then, again, Tor- that's why Tories may end up the odd man out. You got third base for Peraza, you know. I think, I think both those – well, I think if uh, if Peraza – when Peraza does play, I think he'll play shortstop and Volpe will get moved. Uh, uh, so we'll see. I don't know. That sounds like a uh, a, uh, a Jeter and uh, A-Rod thing happening. It might, be. It might happen this summer, though. I mean, it may happen as soon well, as well, – Keith is going to move the next Derek Jeter to third base. And I thought I, you were a tough customer, Mac. I don't know that he's the next Derek Jeter, but I like the way he carries himself. I don't have a problem if he moves to third base. Yes. Donaldson, Hicks, probably the most two unpopular Yankees. Uh, in New York right now, Donaldson got injured. I don't know how long he's out. Hicks is still having problems out in the field and hitting, getting booed. Judges consoling him. I mean, uh, I, I I told Jack I think they should just cut ties with Hicks. I don't care how much money they own. Agreed. Keep rid of them and then, you know, uh, push on, cut your losses. There comes a time, especially in New York, where, you know, you're just never going to be able to do it because the fan, even before he had a bat this year, the fans are booing when he sticks his head out of the dugout. So he's 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 not the – and I don't think he's got the type of personality to overcome that type of adversity. And you saw it last year because his, his, his struggles at the plate now started to affect what was the strong point of his game, which was his defense, and he doesn't even play good defense anymore. Okay, if you want if you want to criticize Aaron Hicks game, that's okay, that's fair. He obviously hasn't been performing. That one good season. I don't think you can point to New York as being the reason because keep this in mind, he earned his contract by playing in New York based on what he did in New York. So he showed he can perform in New York. Case closed. But to but if you want to say, look, he just has been playing lousy. And that's the reason, okay, I can understand that, but don't blame it because of the pressures of playing in New York. I can when it's only been one season out of five. I mean, he's he, that was an aberration to me. He has not had a good season, even with the Twins. He hasn't had a good season anywhere. That'd be a better argument for me. He hasn't played any well anywhere except Where for one season. Brian Cashman, he gave him the seven-year uh, deal. Well, and yeah. it didn't seem like a bad deal on the Yankees' part. $10 million was reasonable. It wasn't a lot, a lot of money. And if Aaron Hicks was going to be the type of player that Cashman thought he was going to be, it was a good deal locking a guy in long term like that. But it hasn't worked out. Awful good season. He's got, after this year, I think he has three more years left at $10 a year. So I think they got to kind of play it out with him. You don't just throw money away like that. Unless you're Steve Cohn, you know, a Robinson Cano. So you've never seen the Yankees and Brian Cashman throw any money away, is what you're telling well, me. Matt mentioned a good point on yesterday's show. <laughs> he mentioned Jacoby Ellsbury, but I think there was, then I thought about it after Ellsbury was injured. 
he didn't leave the Yankees maybe that much choice but to move on after a while because he couldn't take the field. But if Ellsbury was able to take the field and you're paying the guy money, at least you want to get something in return, you know, like utility outfielder, this, that, and hope he snaps out of it. So Pittsburgh is littered with bad deals, by the way. But that's <laughs> Keith. Let's get to uh, let's get to Nestor Cortez talking mm-hmm. about a fun guy on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Has all those crazy movements on the mound. Uh, wins again, showing us no. Last year was no fluke because remember, you know, last year was really the first good year he had in, in a long time. Uh, made a great play backing up home. Throws the guy out at third base. Um, so. Uh, the Yankees pitching staff, Rendon comes back. You got Cortez, you got Cole, you got a, a, a heck of a top of three uh, pitching staff there, Keith. If they stay healthy, yes. And I know you're uh, probably a big Garrett Cole fan after these first two starts. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Definitely. <laughs> uh, we'll see if that stays the same after he gives up a few home runs here and there. Well, yeah, we'll great staff. But Cole, yeah. Cole's a, a very good number one, obviously. If Rendon gets healthy, I, I listen, I still have my question marks about him and, unfortunately, Severino, who I love, but he's got to stay healthy. I mean, if the, if the stars align, they've got a great staff. Um, Nestor, as you said, I think there were there would be some questions. There were some questions last year whether he could handle the extra inning load and, and whatnot, and he didn't pitch that badly uh, down the stretch. He had some injury issues down the stretch, which really hurt him more than the innings, uh, but maybe you can blame the innings for that. Um, I think he's – Definitely a, a, a guy that will repeat his success from last year. And I think, again, this, te- this team does have the potential to have a really good staff, but they've got to be healthy to do it. Um, Herman, I think Herman pitched the other night, and he was kind of up and down. So I, the back end of that rotation could be scary unless a Clark Smith, Schmidt really uh, steps up, which I think yeah. he might. Yeah. I mean, I just read something about Yankee prospect Rudolfo Duran smashes uh, five runs home. They're, they're, I think their minor league is a lot better than it used to be. Um, you know, they were, tra- they were they were trading all our minor leaguers. They're kind of holding on to them right now. You got not only um, not only Schmidt, but you got that kid Vito. I think his name is. Who, yeah, who pitched really well. So the Yankees got a lot more options than they did in the past. Well, it, the last three years too. The, I mean, it's produced some really good players. Loisaga in the bullpen. Chad Green, who's gone now. Uh, you know, uh, um, King, uh, King. There's been some really good pitchers that have come up. And this year, you're, and last year, you're seeing Cabrera and and Volpe and and Peraza all coming up and starting to perform and contribute. And yeah, I think their their organization has been has been very strong the last few years. How deep it is, I'm not sure. Right as you start bringing these kids up and matriculating them through the system. We'll see if it stays strong, but yeah, I think there's, and there's still some depth there for sure. Some past news. Uh, again, they're bringing up Matt Jones going outside council. I didn't know what it was, Keith, but I guess he was take, talking to the Alabama coaches yeah. about helping the Patriots offense. And of yeah. course you got Belichick, you know, and you got Saban. Of course the word's going to get back to Belichick. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't either. I mean, again, this isn't a really good look for Mac Jones to go outside the organization. I understand his frustration. I mean, Bill Belichick caused all these problems. And, and I, I nobody speaks more highly of Belichick than me over the years. But I'm, I'm wavering a little because last year he put the coaches in a bad spot. He put the player in a bad spot, uh, just setting up the offense the way that he did, the, the structure of the – 
coaching staff and the play calling. And second year is huge to, uh, for the development of a young quarterback. And to put him in that situation wasn't fair. So I get Mac Jones' frustration. He shouldn't have gone outside the organization and behind Belichick's back. And if you're going to do it, you don't go to Alabama where Nick Saban's going to call Belichick right away. Right. Say, so guess who is here now? And when we, we knew about him going outside the organization months ago, that Belichick was upset about this. We knew it right after the season. We didn't know where he went. So I find it interesting that, you know, he went to the place where Bill went to get his offensive coordinator as well. So right. Right. I mean, who did he go there to talk to? He didn't go there to talk to the defensive coordinator. He already had that problem in New England. So is it really a big deal? He went to his old college coach. He does nothing to matter with that. If any other player called their old college coach, there's a bond. If Mac Jones went to someone else who didn't coach him, okay, then there's a problem. Who did he go to, though? He, Bill, if you're talking about Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien never coached Mac Jones. Never. No, no, but that's his new coach. But the point is he went to Nick Saban, his old college coach. Well, I don't know if he went to Saban or not, but that's that's up in the air. But no, I again I think it's a I think Belichick takes it as a slight, and I obviously I think he's got a little bit of a stubborn streak. And I think he's now I mean Mac Jones is still the answer. And but to everybody in the organization, the the owner speaks highly of him, the offensive coordinator, everybody in the building speaks very highly of Mac Jones and his ability to rebound from this bad year last year. And it got better during as the year went on. He didn't it wasn't an awful, awful season. I mean it wasn't Zach Wilson bad. Sorry, Jack. Um <laughs> but they all speak about the ability for him to rebound except one guy. And that's the guy who now has got a grudge against him. And that's what this feels like. He's offering around the rumors that he's offered him off to four teams. And, you know, I think it's, and it could be a Belichick ploy for all we know too, to kind of motivate the kid and piss him off, yeah. you know, make him work. Get, listen, let's say hypothetically for fun guys. And what do you think of this firing? Let's say the Patriots did offer Mac Jones to other teams. What could they get in return for Mac Jones that would be worth it? Would any team give them a lower first-round draft choice? You know, I mean, a higher one in the 20s. I mean, what team might actually be interested that would give something worthwhile to the Patriots? Let's say Belichick said, I'm going with Sappy. We could win with him. Good what move. could they get for Mac Jones? I, I, they'd probably get a second-round draft charge. I don't think they get a first-rounder uh, right now because of the way the market is. But um, I, I'm trying to think what teams would need a quarterback. Uh, uh, it's, it's late. It's late. Yeah, it's too late in the season. Then you got good quarterbacks coming into the draft this year, coming out of the draft this year. They think, you know, they rate these quarterbacks coming in the draft this year. So I don't think they would get too much for him at, 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 this, point, at this point in time. Maybe, maybe the Texans, you know, if he really wants to just bury uh, Mac Jones, he trades him to the Texans and forgets yeah. all about him. <laughs> well, the more Ravens, they go, I think, like number 22, give the Patriots the 22nd pick in the draft, get Mac Jones, move on from Lamar Jackson. Never know, right? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, that's a better plan for the Ravens than the one I've seen recently where they're trading up or, or picking, I think, I think, think they'd have to trade up to do it been picking anthony richardson which i do not understand how anthony richardson moved I, understand, into I understand that i understand that keith he's an athlete like uh an like athlete. jackson i think he's Anthony richardson is gonna surprise a lot of people i think he's a great you think he will surprise a lot of people byron yeah oh yeah 
Maybe well, he will, but I, you know, and he's a great athlete. I grit, I get that. Um, I just yeah. haven't seen enough of him as a as a quarterback, though. I, I think I think he fits he fits the Lamar Jackson mold. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, I feel know, like it's reach that high though. I, yeah, you know. we'll see. I mean, maybe so. We'll see, Keith. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Teddy Bruschi, your your world, your Super Bowl linebacker, uh, saying saying Belichick should leave Pat fans feeling hopeful about the future because of their past. Something Bill. Uh, Belichick has never done in the past. He always talks about going forward, not talking mm-hmm. about what happened 20 years ago. Um, look, there's something to be said for what Teddy said, right? There is a great history there, and he can he he could espouse on that. But what's the point? I mean, Bill's right. None of that matters today or tomorrow. All that matters is now. Is it going to make Mac Jones a better quarterback or or – or the offensive line protect him better because we're talking about, you know, Super Bowls that we won over 20 years that, you know, yes, I, I think it's for us to celebrate the history and not the coach. I'd rather have the coach looking forward than looking backwards. Right. The amount of respect Bill Belichick has given, let's draw a comparison. The only other coach in all the sports that compares to Bill Belichick's resume would be Greg Popovich. The San Antonio Spurs are awful. They may be the worst team in all the sports. They're close to it now. And Popovich is under no pressure there, no criticism. He's revered. Shouldn't Belichick be revered by the Patriot fans? Shouldn't he have a gold card for life, basically, based on what he's done? I think with a fan base, he does. I mean, I, he doesn't necessarily with all of his ex-players. A lot of them speak very highly of him. Devin McCourty just did it here this past week in talking about some of the uh, uh, conversation about Mac Jones and, and and Asante Samuel speaking out about Lamar Jackson, stay away from the Patriots, you know. There are more te- there are more Teddy Bruskies who, by the way, usually speaks very highly of, of yeah. Belichick. Um, and Devin McCourty's and there are Asante Samuels who are just upset because for whatever reason, I don't get it. I mean, Asante Samuel was given a pretty good career and ended up signing a pretty good free agent contract because of the things that happened to him with the Patriots, including two Super Bowl championships. And he should shut up, too, by the way. I'm telling a lot of people to shut up these days. Shut I, up. I saw your I saw your vlog there, Keith. Oh, um, Jesus. Did I did I? Uh, I was a little irate that day, I think. Yes, yes. I want your opinion on the latest controversy uh, with LSU and and uh, Iowa. Uh, you know the the first lady invited both teams up, and well, that was wasn't Joe. That, that was stupid, by the way. <laughs> She yes. thought she said the so, smartest I mean, thing ever. By the way, she thought she said the smartest thing ever when she said that. You know, and well, yeah. I mean, Byron says it's it's it's. It's they're trying to be more together, right? To have everybody, you know, like a kumbaya moment kind of thing there. Yeah, and again, this, and I don't say this to berate Iowa's uh, accomplishment. It was great getting to the Final Four, and I think their championship game was against South Carolina, and that's one of the reasons they were a little flat when they played uh, LSU. Uh, but you invite winners to the White House. You don't invite the runners up. I mean, it, it's it it's not quite the the the. the, the <laughs> participation trophy syndrome, but you're heading towards it. And again, it's just, I don't want to get into politics of the whole thing, but you know, that's not, let's invite everybody who played in the tournament. They all played hard. Everybody, everybody get a day, right? There's a day. You know, Um, know, Jack's got some news, some big news with the Jets is 
Tim Boyle has signed with the Jets. He played uh, with Holy the Packers wow. under Rodgers for a while. And uh, he hasn't played for two years, uh, but he knows the system. And just in case Rodgers doesn't get done, uh, there's your there's your starting quarterback for the year. Is that the starting quarterback? Nice, Tim Boyle. All right. No, no, my, my my thing is this, and I want the opinion of everyone. As far as Zach Wilson goes, he's the number two back quarterback in the Jets. He's the backup. They're going to see the Jets whether they could salvage his career, and they're happy for him to be the backup because he wouldn't be under pressure. If Aaron Rodgers is a start and gets injured, the fan base wouldn't be upset if they turned to Zach Wilson because they'd have to at that point. Right. But if the Aaron Rodgers thing somehow falls through, I don't think the Jets brass is ready to move forward with Zach Wilson, but they'd have to. That's obviously, obviously there's no plan B here. Tim Boyle played for Nathaniel Hackett at Green Bay, so he'll understand them. He'll understand the system, but he's obviously not the answer. I mean, they'll have to turn to Zach Wilson. At what point is this going to get resolved? Is it going to get resolved before the draft or after the draft? I'd imagine it has to get resolved in the next couple of weeks because I can't see it going into next for next season's draft. Yeah, it's listen. The Packers are trying to deceive themselves that they're in some kind of they've got some leverage in this uh, situation, which they have zero. They don't have any leverage. The Jets and Aaron Rodgers really have all the leverage here. He can't go back. So if he go, if they don't trade him, that they can't make something happen. They've got to cut him and pay him $50 million. He can't come back to the team. That's impossible. Then he's not going to retire and forfeit $50 million. So either going to trade him to the Jets. This week there was some news about a mystery team that's now interested, but might be the 49ers. We don't know who it is, but I think that might be the Packers just trying to stir up some leverage that they don't have. This is going to get done. It's just a matter of time. But it's getting a little, you know, kind of. It's old. The waiting period. Byron, can the Players Association get involved in this by just being a mediator? Just not to negotiate a deal, obviously, but by telling the parties, look, let's get together. Just make it happen. Can they get the, you know, the parties a little more on the on the page with this? No, the, the Players Association don't don't get involved with the with this part of it. They just make sure that the, the contracts and things in the contracts are, you know, straightened out. So they don't get involved with the with the part that, you know, negotiation and all that. They just make sure the agents and everybody's going by the, you know, collective bargaining agreement stuff. So they don't get involved with this part. You know, I do remember, Byron, um, not in football, in baseball. One time the players organization got involved where I thought they shouldn't. If you remember, before A-Rod went to the Yankees, he signed with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And the Players Association stepped up and said, you can't sign that contract because it's bad for the rest. You know, I don't remember what all the details were, but they stepped up and helped nix that deal. And he ended up with the Yankees. So I was a little surprised. He was willing to take a, a decrease in pay. Yeah. And the players yeah, from, yeah, from like $28 million to – 27 million or something crazy, but you can't set that precedent. I mean, is that something the players union should be getting involved in? You think? I I don't think they should just because of that. You know, I think, um, you know, they just want to make sure the agents are are the ones and the owners and the, you know, the contract need to be, you know, just, they just comb through the contract to make sure some of the things are, 
um, specified as, as players will want uh, on the player side. Yeah, I was just curious, based off of Jack's question, whether they would get involved in negotiations. They shouldn't, I wouldn't think. No. Guys, John Elway, a very one of the most popular uh, people in Denver for a long time. I know Byron went up uh, against him, I think, uh, when he played with the Broncos there. I know he played around the same time Byron did. Um, he's uh, He got basically let go of the organization. He's not involved in the organization anymore. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the new ownership or what's going on there. But uh, you know, I know he he hasn't been the greatest GM uh, in the league. But what are your feelings about uh, him being just let go like that? His contract expired uh, March fifteenth, and uh, he, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't resign him. New owners didn't resign him, so he knew that uh, if they didn't resign him, that he was going to be out of there. But uh, it's official now that he's he's gone. So. Um, he, he, you know, I think he was good for for the for the Denver Broncos organization because of what he what he did and what he meant to the teams, what he meant to the team. Yeah, what do you think, Keith? I mean, you know, this this you're talking about an icon in Denver. Yeah, I it's mean, always hard. It's always hard when you got a guy that's that associated with a franchise to part ways, and sometimes you know, circumstances just dictate that you have to. It is new ownership, I think, that's passed him or pushed him out. Um, I think he was good. As Byron said, they didn't win championships, though, but the team was pretty competitive. But actually, they did win championships. He brought Peyton Manning to yeah. to, uh, to uh, Denver. So yeah. I thought he overall, I think his legacy is pretty good as an executive in Denver. It didn't end well uh, with, the, with the trade for Russell Wilson. But, you know, again, you got to roll the dice sometimes. It just didn't work. So, And it's hard when you part ways. It's never going to be pretty. Look at Georgetown and Patrick Ewing, you know, having to cut – fire him and it's never pretty yeah. when you get that when you're that tied to to the organization so well he made so, some bad drafts rock osweiler paxton lynch you would think if anything john elway would be a quarterback guru obviously getting peyton manning to come over to denver was a big one but that's peyton manning you can't miss on him you know coming over as your quarterback but the guys he drafted, he just missed on. Yeah, those were not good. Those were not good uh, legacy picks for sure. Jack, I don't know if you could compare uh, Namath to. He probably could as an icon <laughs> in New York. I don't think. I don't know if he was ever involved with the Jets uh, organization at all. Maybe not. No. Um, but that, if he was, I mean, s- something like that, getting rid of Namath uh, would be huge impact on the Jet fans. I feel. Well, it, it wasn't according to John Elway. He left on good terms. He's he's still there for Denver as an advisor. They need him for anything. Everything is friendly. So you get the feeling that John Elway was maybe time. He didn't want to, like, be obligated being in the office. And they're still going to maybe have him as an advisor where he could call up. And they'll they'll actually listen a bit to him, okay, what he has to say. But he just won't be in charge like he was before. Listen, one of the reasons Reggie Jackson, you mentioned, Mac, the Houston Astros, he's with the Houston Astro organization now because Reggie Jackson wanted to be in on the baseball decisions. And even though the Yankees were still cutting him his paychecks, they weren't that interested in what Reggie had to say anymore. So sometimes you have a desire to really be in on the decision-making, be on the front lines. And other icons 
they're just happy to play golf and show up at the office once in a while and just, you know, maintain a relationship. You know, it all depends on the individual. I know Byron's a golfer himself. He'd like to be out there shooting a little golf with Jeff Coke, you know, all the time. And Mac, I know you'd want to join him. <laughs> I don't think Keith is a golfer. I'm not one. When you guys get to the Northeast, I expect a phone call. That's all I'm saying. Well, I did win the Jeff Jim Jeffco little tournament last month, this past Monday. So he don't don't compare me with Jim Jeffco and golf. I'm way better than Jim Jeffco. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Byron, have you ever got uh, the chance to meet like a Tiger Woods or somebody that big? Uh, yeah, you know. I met a lot of golfers in the Fozzie Zerla uh, golf tournament. Uh, I went up there three or four times and met a lot of pro professional golfers. Okay. Let me, and let me I, I do have, I do have, um, um, I, I have a couple of autographs here in the here in the house. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, let me ask you guys: this a fascination with Tiger Woods. I'm not a big golf fan. We hear the Masters. Tiger Woods, his name is linked on to everything, you know, all the time. So he's still the big name of the sport. But it seems to me. He's way past his peak. Realistically, can he win anything again? I mean, I'm not a big golf fan. I don't know, but we keep hitting Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. And I'll admit, if the TV's on, and I know Tiger Woods is about, it's his turn to go, I'm going to watch that moment to see Tiger Woods hit the ball. But, you know, I might not do it for anyone else. That's why That's why you see every shot he makes, whether he's 20 behind the leader or he's tied for the lead. You're going to see every shot he makes today at the Masters because yeah, yeah. he's Tiger Woods and people stop to watch. So yeah, that's yeah. why they do that. You know, and to answer your question, and I know Byron will jump in too, to say he can never win again, I would have said he could never win again before he won the Masters a couple of years ago. I thought he was done then. So I'm not willing to count the guy out. I mean, he's got a long ways to go because of the injuries now since the, the accident and such. But I was, I'd was i counted him out before he won the Masters the last time. How much does age mean to golfers? I mean, Jack Nicholas won the Masters when he was 46. It was a big deal. He was considered old. At what point are you too old? I know you don't have to show the same athleticism in golf that you have in football or basketball, even baseball, but there's a degree of athleticism, you know, involved. But equipment levels a playing field a little bit too for the older guys, I think. So <clears throat> I think you can play longer. Phil Mickelson just won uh, the PGA at 50 years old here, not what two years ago. Yeah. Did they, ever, did they have a test for steroids in golf? <laughs> and don't laugh. If a guy is hitting the ball a long way, that extra power could mean something, you know, an extra 10, 15 feet. But we never hear steroid testing, you know, in golf. You know, I don't think they test for steroids in golf. I don't yeah. think so either. If you remember uh, be, from the time COVID started to when the tour picked up again, guys like Bryson DeChambeau, uh, they he looked like freaking Hulk yeah. Hogan for crying out loud when he came back. He was not that big a guy. Yeah, he didn't get that all working out. I don't think so. He, you know, there's some of that going on. I think. Let's, let's I, was, I was just gonna say, I think age fifty is a is an earmark, and I think you know right now Tiger's forty seven, so. He still got potential. Uh, he's hurt. Uh, potential to reach. He's, some he's, he's, way, he's, way, he's way too banged up to win anything. Did, did Tiger Woods fulfill his potential, guys? You think his career potential, considering 
They thought he was going to break Nicholas's record, you know, tournament record. You know, not money-wise, but did he really fulfill his potential as an athlete? You know, that's a good that, question. You could go both ways. That's the last question on an ad sport. We're going to yeah, get back. I cannot believe that we don't have this one about golf. This is awesome. I love this. <laughs> I would say yes. I would say yes, he did. I'll let Byron answer it because – I'm picking Mac off by bringing this up. My bad. I apologize, Mac. That's right. I don't think Tiger has anything to apologize for. Well, tell that to his wife. I met golf. I met golf uh, career-wise, not in life in general. Okay, Byron. You know, the green jacket is what everybody wants. So I tell you, this is the most important week for golf. They yeah. want that. They want his VIP to the Bunny Ranch, too. His card to the Bunny Ranch. And they'll, be, they'll be all happy about the Bruins, The Bruins winning overtime last night continue this unbelievable feat for the regular season. Um, Jack thinks if they don't win the, the uh, Stanley Cup, it's none of this matters, really. I think it does. What do you guys think? Uh, go ahead, Byron. No, I, I'm excited for the Brewers. I, I just hope they can win it all because of the season that they had. So, yes. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a good hockey. I love hockey, and I think um, that's a spectacular year for them. So I'm, I'm thinking that they can win it. That would be icing on the cake. I, I find myself in the uncomfortable position of agreeing with Jack because a lot of great seasons in sports have been lost uh, because they did not win at all. Uh, you think about the Mariners uh, – in the mid 2000s, whatever early 2000s, I should say, 116 wins, 116 yeah. wins, and remembers other than us, nobody else remembers because they didn't win at all. They went, in fact, they didn't even get to the ALCS. I don't think, did they? No, uh, they lost to the Yankees, and they won their first round in the playoffs. They beat Cleveland three yeah. games to two, and then they lose to the Yankees four yeah. games to one. Who remembers them? A, a bad example, Keith Byron Mack. The Golden State Warriors, they beat the Bulls' record of 72 wins. They win 73, but they get upset by Cleveland in the finals. They blow with 3-1. Had they closed that out and especially had won it in five games, won the fifth game, we would be putting them as one of the greatest NBA teams of all time, you know, based on the breaking the record. And now they're just kind of like a footnote in a way. You know, I don't know the job i think i think listen i think you divide the season into two things you, you, you the regular season like the patriots and and the postseason right i mean to to win what was it 18 games in a row case before losing the giants yeah 18 and all they were yeah you, you don't feel good about i mean you lost to the giants got it but you don't feel good with that season come on well i felt no i felt awful <laughs> to be honest with you it was terrible really is the worst way it could have ended. Yes. I, I, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to me. That's a great team. I'm not going to tell you by any stretch of imagination. It's one of the best teams in football history because they didn't win it all. Uh, you got to win it all to be on that. Even considered to me. Yeah. Mac, you know how much I love the jets when the jets beat the Colts in the super bowl. I'm going to tell you now the Colts had a better team than the jets that year. They were better. The better team than the better team that day won. But the Jets were not a better team than the Baltimore Colts. Right. right. Well, I mean, everybody's singing the praises about the Eagles, and they still lost the Super Bowl. Everybody's everybody, everybody's 
Jalen Hurts could have been MVP if it wasn't for the fumble. But you could argue that the Chiefs was good as the Eagles anyway. You could make that argument. But sometimes one team is better than the other, but you don't close it out. Georgetown loses to Villanova. They were a better team. But they lost the Russians. Hockey team was better than the USA hockey team yeah. in 1980. But they lost. You got to finish the job. And I understand the way Keith was feeling. You're so close to a perfect season, the Patriots. You lose. Had they just held the Giants on that final drive, that Patriot team would have been the consensus greatest team of all time, in people's opinion. Now you mention the top 10 teams of all time. They might not even make the top 10 list on, you know, a lot of people. And we've got to shut the Dolphins up. Here I'm shutting somebody else up. We could have shut the Dolphins <laughs> up. <laughs> hey guys, I got to go. I got to. I got to go downtown Dallas. So all right, Byron. Thank you for you staying. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Byron. All right. Okay, Byron. Take care. <laughs> Byron Williams, former Giants wide receiver, played wide receiver on a lot of different teams that we don't talk about a lot, including the World Football League. <laughs> joins us. Joins us every every Friday, and we still have Keith Angle with us uh, here. Yeah, I want to um, ask Keith quarterback. Can I just ask him? Do you still oh, hold to what you said, Keith? Will Levis is being the top quarterback in this class. Because certainly the scouts don't think so. They haven't falling maybe to the mid-first round. Yeah, he's been falling. I mean, again, I think when it's all said and done, he will be. But, again, it's all conjecture, right? So I still like his game. I think he's tough. He's a big, tough kid. He's ready to – I think he's ready to play now, where I don't think C.J. Stroud would be ready to play today. Really? Um, and we're going to have – I don't think so. I think Bryce Young will be, but I don't know that – Ah, come on, come on, Bryce Young. Bryce Young is going to be a bust. You mark my words. I sit it here. They're going to be a. He's going to be a bust. He's another. He's a, to me. He's another Kyle Murray. I mean, that's what I think about Anthony Richardson. I don't understand. I mean, I get it. He's a great athlete, but he hasn't shown he can play quarterback at a high level at all. In my I, mind, I don't disagree. I just think CJ Stroud steps in. He could play right away when he gets in the NFL. I don't think. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the best three guys, and they should. I think Will Levis. He probably will fall, and I think the team that fall he falls to will be very fortunate that he fell that far. So, you think he's another? You think he's another Justin Herbert, where one year before he had a great year, and his last year he didn't play so well. Uh, and that's, that's that's a good comparison, and I think yeah, yeah, and and Justin Herbert, I mean, is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and he may not have played as soon as he did if it wasn't for you know one unfortunate uh, syringe into uh, Tyrod Taylor's lung. I agree. So, I agree. I agree with that. It was a fortunate mishap for the uh, the Padres, the Chargers. I agree. We don't talk a lot of NHL. We should because it's getting closer to the playoffs. Um, I mean. There's a there's a lot of teams that I think have a shot at winning it this year. Of course, you got the Bruins. I think the Lightning is always uh, a team that can jump in there and win it all. The Golden Knights are having an outstanding year again. Um, what do you guys think about the Islanders and Rangers? I know we follow them because they're from New York. Does the Rangers have a chance, or do the Islanders have a chance at jumping in there and maybe winning it all? When you, know, you get a hot goalie like the Ranger Shashirk, and I'm having I'm getting confused <laughs> with his name now. Right. But you know, you get a hot goalie during the playoffs can make you know major major difference. Yeah, I, I I agree with Jack in that in that sense. The Rangers, I mean, again, they've been close to getting over the hump here and haven't been able to do it in recent years. And maybe this is a year. I mean, they've been kind of they've had a good year, but. 
it's been a bit up and down uh, in that they get hot in the playoffs. They could make some some noise. The Islanders, uh, I'm, I'm not as confident that they're going to go that deep in the playoffs. Again, to me, the team to watch out for in the East, if you're, if you're not the Bruins, is the Lightning because they always step up uh, when the brightest lights are on. So, um, I mean, I mean, if you, if you think about it, I don't know if you meant the Islanders or not, but the Islanders are the ones in the last few years that have been given, you know, if it wasn't for Tampa Bay Lightning, they might have won the Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah. No, I just say the Islanders right after the Rangers. I just don't – I think they're going to go out early. I just I, – I don't have a good feeling about the Islanders. Well, the Devils exceeded expectations this yeah. year. Like, their young yeah. core is really coming together. I mean, they I might like be them. a year or two away, but – yeah. I like, I, yeah, I like what they've been I doing. Think next to the Bruins, the team under the most pressures, the Toronto Maple Leafs, because they haven't won a playoff series in ages. They don't have to win the cup, but win one playoff series. If they get eliminated in the first round again, that's going to be more than their fan, fan base can take after a while. I mean, because talk about a city that loves hockey. I mean, it's Toronto. Yeah, that, that city deserves better than they've gotten historically from that team, for sure. They've had some really good, especially recently, they've had some really good teams, and they can't get over the hump of, like you said, winning one. And maybe it's that they get over that hump, and maybe they make a run through the playoffs, too. Who knows if they get yeah. out of that first round. Hockey is probably the most unpredictable sport when it comes to playoffs. Yeah. NFL, you kind of know baseball, you kind of know basketball, you know, but the NHL is very tough playoffs to figure out. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Even if four teams. Uh, can win. So, guys, we're getting close to the top of the hour. We're going to go ahead and, and cut it for today. We'll be back with the Mac and Jack Sports Debate Show tomorrow. Dr. Paul, I think, will be there. Pags will be there. Maybe Keith will come on the debate show with us one time. Um, I know Keith can get pretty upset now and then. That would be fun to have him on there and see him uh, and freak out a little bit. That would get be great. upset. My head only explodes like once a week. It's not <laughs> All there. right. So hopefully you save it for Saturday. That would be great. So, <laughs> and, of course, Sunday we got our uh, This Week in Sports. Keith is there with us there uh, with Jim Jeffcoat. Pag should be there again with us. Uh, Robert Butler, uh, great, great host on uh, Sportscope. So uh, stick with us there. Jack Monday, uh, Glove Fist, Keith, three shows a week. College sports, I guess you're going to be turned to uh, college football here pretty soon. Keith. Yeah, probably more or less. It, it's, it's tough. We'll probably even shorten the show a little bit uh, for the next couple months because we're in between, you know, until college football really picks up. But we've started doing a little bit with baseball, too. We've got some fans that want to right. dive into college baseball. And I've got a Larry Sorensen, who's uh, the analyst, former Major League Baseball pitcher, who comes on my show a lot. He's the analyst both for the football team at Wake Forest and the baseball team. Nice. Uh, so he'll he'll come on and talk a little college baseball too soon. Okay. All right. And three shows, college huddle. He has uh, this um, stream of consciousness. And Friday he does a show with a great um, his great co-host here, the Mad New Yorker. So that's always interesting to watch. By the way, he said one of the most ridiculous things he's ever said on my show today. We were talking about NFL teams need to average 27 points. And I said, what's the most important factor to averaging a lot of points? And he said, the kicker. Yeah, well, of course. Of course, the kicker would be my first choice. That's quarterback, the kicker. Yeah, yeah, of course, the kicker is the number one priority. Folks, again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Sports Debate Show. Have a great, great Friday night.